How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's happening, everybody? Welcome to Locked On 49ers. I am your host, Brian Peacock. Very excited to talk to Rob Lauder today. He's one of the contributors over at the Niners Wire on the USA Today Network. Fantastic stuff from those guys and Chris Biederman and that crew. Got some great guests coming up the rest of the week as well, so you're going to want to tune in to Locked On 49ers as we get close to this draft. We're only about nine days away from Thursday, April 27th. I can't wait. It's going to be a good time. You can follow me on Twitter at BDPeacock. That's a great place to keep the conversation going. Love talking to you guys over there. LockedOn49ers at gmail.com is the email if you want to email comments or questions or or uh, whatever. If that's how you like to communicate. Also, if you would like to be a sponsor to the show, hit me up via email, LockedOn49ers at gmail.com. We're on iTunes. Please rate, review the show. That stuff always helps. We're streaming on Audio Boom. The stream is also over on the website, LockedOn49ers.com, and links to all that stuff. So head on over to LockedOn49ers.com if you're unsure, and you can find everything you need to get you hooked up and subscribed to this podcast. If you know somebody who loves the 49ers, doesn't know about LockedOn49ers, please let them know. Help spread the word for uh, for this podcast and get that out there to the people. Got some fantastic guests coming up the rest of the week that I'm excited about as well. Of course, a Winky Wednesday tomorrow and Elliot Christ of NDT Scouting and Pro Football Focus. And then a mystery guest on Friday. And when I say mystery guest, that's because I don't know who the guest is going to be yet. But uh, there's going to be another fantastic guest. And I'm sure we'll be talking more draft on Friday as well. So stay tuned for the rest of the week on Locked On 49ers. But uh, before we uh, waste any more time, let's get to today's guest. Okay, it's my pleasure to bring on the show Rob Lauder. He's a contributor at Niners Wire and a frequent guest now with me on the podcast. Uh, you can find NinersWire.usatoday.com, part of the USA Today network there. Great stuff over there. Got every angle of the 40 every angle of the 49ers covered. Rob, really appreciate you joining me once again on Lockdown 49ers. Hey man, not a problem. Happy uh, happy Easter if it's if it's your sort of thing. Uh no, holidays are really not my sort of thing, except for the draft, which oh, I consider. You, you've said that before too. You, yeah, I remember you saying something. You don't care much for holidays, so that that makes me even happier that I mentioned it. <laughs> yeah, I don't care uh, holidays and and um, yeah, birthdays and and things like that. I'm I'm bad with dates and and really uh, just don't. Yeah, I'm usually not into it much. <laughs> I like Thanksgiving right, because of all the food. I love food. I, 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 that's that's the best part about holidays to me. I know I yeah. should say like family and stuff like that, but I love the food. Well, I think probably Easter is just not big with my family either, and I, I don't live close to my family, so I'm not going to go down for every you know little holiday. But when I do go down for a holiday and there is a lot of food, that's awesome. But Easter is usually not one of those, so that's probably why it doesn't really <laughs> register for me. Hey, it's all right now. <laughs> but I hope you're. I hope you're they enjoying, can't all be winners. Yeah, exactly. I hope you're enjoying your uh, Easter weekend. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I got to play some football with my nephews and nieces, so I can't complain. Oh, there you go. See, see, I don't even have any of that, man. 
<laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> All right, cool. So, uh, one of the things you guys are doing over there at Niners Wire is uh, you have a series finding you know quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers in every round, and you look at the draft and kind of uh, look for hot spots and what players might be available in which round for the 49ers. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that and in which positions you've covered there? Yeah, of course. Uh, they, they, it is a pretty decent series. Each one of them takes quite a while to write because you have to uh, you have to go through, and not only do you have to find prospects that kind of match up to the round and kind of where the 49ers pick, but you also have to learn a little bit about them uh, when you're going to write about them. So it takes a little bit to write. I've done, uh, I've done quarterbacks, running backs, and wide receivers. Um, and it's, it's been a pretty interesting experience just from somebody who loves the draft. It's, it's really enlightening to go through that and find, you know, the guys that the team could take in the seventh round or the sixth round that may have, you know, a little bit of upside or something interesting about them. So it's really cool to kind of go through it, uh, in a different lens and, you know, it gives you a chance to kind of explore guys that aren't normally talked about. Usually when we're out here, it's, you know, talking about guys that might be taken in the first one, two, three rounds, but you know, this gives you a chance to kind of go all the way back and check it out. Yeah, so through through your findings with those articles, and uh, you covered well, what quarterback, wide receiver, and running back. Are there any players that you maybe didn't know about before, or that just you got a little bit more excited about that weren't those first, second round players? Oh yeah, there's a ton of them. Um, even though he kind of already had a little bit of a, a clout around him, um, I didn't realize quite how successful Joshua Dobbs was, the quarterback from Tennessee. Uh, I didn't quite realize how successful he was, and he seems like somebody that. Given his background and the fact that he's, you know, it's, it's been made a big deal. He's, he's really intelligent. He's like an aeronautical engineer or some, something to do. Like he's yeah. on the track to become like a NASA scientist. And that's always interesting. So um, that was kind of cool to find out. I'm um, just kind of going through him here. I'm on the running backs one. I kind of tried to, I, every round, or I tried to find somebody that would be a good compliment to Carlos Hyde. And that's not to say that Carlos Hyde is going to, you know, be the mainstay for years to come. But uh, you know, it was interesting to kind of go all the way back and try to f- consistently find running back talent that could offer, you know, something different other than his style. So it it was, uh, you know, and you also find out, like, I, it wasn't that long ago that Isaiah Ford, the wide receiver from Virginia Tech, his stock used to be sky high. And then I'm going through and looking at, you know, big boards and draft rankings, realizing the 49ers might be able to get a guy like that in the third or maybe the fourth round. And for a while there, before draft season got into full effect, he was considered, you know, one of the one of the best prospects in the nation. So it's interesting to go through and see how uh, kind of the ebb and flows of draft stocks. Yeah, it's interesting because how many players get mentioned as not even first round picks, but you know, round one, two, three, and uh, I think it was McShay or somebody the other day and going through talking about guys. You're now oh, this guy's going to go in the third round. This guy's going to go in the third round. It's like, dude, there's not two hundred picks before the end of the third round. You know, it's just not possible yeah. for all these guys to go there. So somebody's got to fall. So you, you know, you start looking for character, maybe someone who didn't have good workout times or whatever for that player uh, to fall. And it seems like Isaiah Ford might be one of those guys on day three that's sitting there and, and it presents a pretty good value because he run, what, uh, four, six maybe at the combine or something like that. Yeah, and, he, and he's had, you know, consistently good seasons. Um, two years ago, he was over 1,000 yards and over 10 touchdowns. Then last year, he was over a thousand yards and he had seven touchdowns. So he's, you know, he's been consistently good. It's just, you know, he's kind of got a slight frame. He's, he's six one, one ninety five. So, you know, he's, he's a little skinnier, but at the same time, you can't argue with production like that against good schools too. So, um, you know, it's, it's interesting to see guys like that fall that you could see stepping right in and, you know, maybe getting in the fourth round and he's an immediate starter. 
And you mentioned Joshua Dobbs too, quarterback from Tennessee, and he's bordering on possibly too smart. I've even you know because scouts kind of want they don't want dumb guys, but when you're too smart and you have options, they kind of don't like that either. So at some point, I don't know what scouts even want because you can't be a bad person, you can't be a good person. You got to just be like this one robot right down the middle of the line that <laughs> that needs football and just eats and sleeps football, and that's it. And that's kind of the only thing they're looking for with character. And you know that's just not how humans are so um but yeah Dobbs is sort of getting a little bit of a late push it seems like a lot of people are talking about him and he might be up there now in that range of of the next tier after the top four guys you know with with Davis Webb and I mean who knows Davis Webb's getting talked about as a first round guy now uh, but you got Peterman and and Brad Kaya and um and now Dobbs seems like he's part of that group uh, with, with those that that tier mid round tier of quarterbacks, is is Dobbs kind of the guy you like now, or is there somebody else you kind of like there if the 49ers don't go quarterback early? Well, it depends. I mean, it depends kind of what you quantify mid round. If you're start, if you're talking day three, then I think that uh, then I think Dobbs would probably I'd probably put Brad Kaya. I think I think his stock seems to be floating right around the middle rounds. I wouldn't necessarily be uh, surprised if Kaya went in the third round, but he, I think he might be available uh, early on day three. And then, yeah, Josh Dobbs and Jared Evans from Virginia Tech. And, um, you know, those guys seem to be floating right around that fourth, fifth round. And, and Josh Dobbs seems like just as good of a target as any. Like I said, maybe, you know, with the acumen like that, you, you maybe hope that he can pretty much grasp any system and, and pick it up. And he's really, really athletic. You know, he threw for almost 3,000 yards and still ran for 830 and 12 touchdowns. So he's, you know, he's, he's a pretty athletic guy. And then you got – I think if you know if you go if you consider like the third round to be a middle round, which a lot of people don't, but I think uh, Nathan Peterman from Pittsburgh is like kind of that that the top of the uh, the top of the mid round targets for me. If they could get him, and I'm not sure he's going to last that long, but if they could get him, get him in the third round, I think he'd be a really really good kind of an investment in a quarterback position that says okay, this guy could develop into a starter in the future, but it also doesn't set us up to not draft a quarterback next year or pursue say Kirk Cousins or. Jimmy Garoppolo, if he doesn't go anywhere. So I think if you're, if the team doesn't go quarterback early, you know, you kind of go Nathan Peterman and then work your way down the list with like Brad Kaya and Jared Evans and Josh Dobbs and then kind of just go from there. Yeah. And I like that way of looking at it too, is you don't have to, I mean, if you're drafting a guy who's most likely a, a backup that could become a starter, I don't think you want to, I mean, people talk about Peterman in, in like the second round and it's, it just doesn't make a lot of sense because if you're drafting a guy that you think's probably just going to be a backup anyway, why are you taking that guy in the top three rounds? You just wait and see who's there at the fourth round and say, okay, now I'm going to draft a guy and he's probably going to be a backup, but maybe he's got more. You know, maybe we can develop this guy into more. Uh, I, I, I'm really not into the the you know round one, two, three, especially where the 49ers are, are drafting high in those rounds, uh, taking the leftovers at quarterback when unless you just really think that this guy is like no doubt going to be a starter in the league. Yeah, it's it's tough because I, I know a lot of people in regards to Peterman. He he ran a pro style offense in Pittsburgh. You know, he showed a lot of stuff. He wasn't as accurate as, as I would have liked to see, but he showed a lot of really good things. And that could be a situation. And he's even drawn some comparisons to Kirk Cousins from the from some of the NFL guys. But uh, that could be something that you know Kyle Shanahan looks at and says, "Look, I know this is." This might be around earlier than we want to take this guy, but I think I could really work with him and get him, you know, get him to where we're going. And, you know, having a, a guy, a backup that could be a starter takes so much pressure off an organization. And, you know, maybe, and like we were saying, this draft is so deep in defensive talent that maybe, uh, you know, the top of the third round is a little early. But if, you know, 
one of the things I've consistently fallen back on throughout this draft is, you know, whatever the quarterback pick is, whether it's the first round, third round, sixth round, I guess when you're getting into the late rounds, you're not really expecting much. But, you know, I have, I have a lot of confidence in Kyle Shanahan's acumen and his kind of outlook on a quarterback. So if he takes one within the first few rounds, then I'm going to assume he saw something in that quarterback and he knows what he's going to want to do with it. So looking at the strengths of this draft class, how would you target players at certain positions? You know, you've only covered those few positions so far with those articles, but, uh, you know, I'm sure you're well-versed with all the positions of this draft and, and, and the strengths and the players that are there. If you were in control of that draft room, what positions would you be targeting early because you saw some other positions that you might find more value with in the mid-rounds and even later in the draft? Well, I think... And it seems, I think it kind of widely depends on whether or not or where you are in each round. Because mm -hmm. if the 49ers stay at two, I think that this pick, it's almost a foregone conclusion that the pick's going to be defensive. Just because most of the guys that have pushed themselves up to the top of, of the draft charts are, are defensive players. Now, if they manage to land a trade back that took them you know, back to the maybe 8, 10, 12 range, then I think a ton of offensive guys come into the picture. There's still defensive guys like, you know, Derek Barnett or Ruben Froster or, you know, some of those guys, Reddick, that might still be available in that 8 to 12 range. But I think if you get into that range, then a bunch of offensive guys come in, you know. But if I had to kind of put an overall kind of consensus on what rounds I would approach players, I'd probably say – your first round pick should be in this draft should be probably a defensive back or a pass rusher and pass rusher. I kind of hesitate on because a lot of them, I don't really consider Solomon Thomas a pass rusher and he's pushed himself way up to there to the top. So I think it's probably going to be, you know, you got Jamal Adams and Malik Hooker and Marshawn Lattimore are three defensive backs that, that are right there in that 49ers pick range and make a lot of sense for the team. Uh, but when you're getting to the, I think the second round is the sweet spot for a pass rusher because it's so deep on pass rushers and there's so many starting caliber players that have gotten first round grades from a lot of people that are going to be available at that 34, like, you know, Charles Harris um, and a few of those other guys that are just right there. They could very well go in the first round, but you know, TJ Watt, Charles Harris, Carl Lawson, Tyus Bowser, all these guys that are right there in that sweet spot that have, you know, a lot of people consider to be first-round talent, but just you can't squeeze that many guys in the first round. Yeah, those are great points, and I guess we probably should be working under the assumption that the 49ers are at least listening to offers. There's a probably, I would say, at least a 50% chance that the 49ers aren't picking it, too. So, yeah, and that, that obviously does change a lot because when you look at, say, a position like wide receiver where you know I think there's a clear top three and then a nice little gap there, and if you're looking at positional value, I wouldn't be completely... Um, I guess I should say I would be probably more inclined to go wide receiver in the middle of the first round because I think there is a big drop, whereas at the top of the second round, there's still going to be very good pass rushers. There's going to be very good defensive backs at the top of the second round, uh, like you mentioned. So a lot of good players there, whereas there's really almost no chance to get one of those top, you know, number one type receivers at the top of the second round, but, you know, also might be too rich if you're picking second. And of course, uh, this conversation we're having is actually for Tuesday's episode. So there might already be a trade that happened on Monday. So, you know, if that's the case, um, you know, we're obviously looking at, at that scenario. But if it so, let's say the 49ers are picking somewhere between 10 and 15. What, what do you what position would you hope is there? What player would you hope is there at, say, you know, you know, 10 to 15 range? There's a few on there that I really – I think if, if the 49ers manage to get back, let's say, 
you know, there's been a lot of talk about trading back with Carolina at eight, yeah. you know, uh, whether it was eight, 10, 12 with the Browns, somewhere in there. Uh, I think at that range, I think Christian McCaffrey is going to be really, really high on their list of priorities. Uh, I think Kyle Shanahan would have a field day with that guy. Um, so I think he'd be way up there. I think somebody like Mike Williams um, would be there because Shanahan's even gone on the record as saying you need that really, really impressive and intimidating and impactful X receiver in their offense. And that's where Pierre Garçon's going to be now. Um, but Pierre Garçon's at a point in his career where you could probably move him around and he'd have just as much success. So you got Mike Williams, Corey Davis. Corey Davis I hesitate a little bit on because even though he's incredibly talented and he's like receiver 1B for me, um, he hasn't been able to work out at all lately. So his stock is kind of falling a little bit. So the team might be able to take advantage of that if they were thinking about trading up from the second round. Um, you got guys, I don't know if we said only offenses, but you got, you got guys like Hassan Reddick who would be like a plug-and-play guy at Sam. Um, and then, you know, doesn't get a lot of talk. But if, if they get into that 10 to 12, 8, 10, 12 range, then I think a, a lot of quarterbacks come onto the board or become more likely, whether it's if Mitch Trubisky just happens to still be there, which I highly doubt. You know, you got Deshaun Watson. And um, I know I'm drawing a blank on Texas, Mr. Texas Fest. Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, Mahomes, okay. yeah. You know, so a ton of quarterbacks pop up, too. So I think the 49ers ideally are going to try to trade back. If they can get an offer that even remotely makes sense and kind of speaks to the value that normally is associated with the number two pick, I think they're going to do it. Um, because this draft is so deep, deep, I would rather have, you know, I would rather have two second round, two or three second round picks than a first round pick in a draft like this. Because if you can just, they're at a position where they need so many impactful players and the second round is going to be rich with them. When it comes to the Browns and Mitch Trubisky, are you buying what uh, what the reports out there? And it's been you know months now. We got reports before the combine, new reports last week about Mitch Trubisky potentially could actually be the number one pick over Miles Garrett to the Browns. Are you buying that stuff? Uh, uh, not, I mean, you know, I could see the Browns really liking Trubisky, but actually taking him over Garrett is another thing. How do you feel? I, I agree with you. I think that's that's the perfect way to say it. You know, they they might really really like Mitchell Trubisky. He's an Ohio kid. He's a Browns fan. He makes all the sense in the world. Um, if Miles Garrett wasn't in this draft, then I could definitely see them taking him one overall. But Miles Garrett is such a good and good player and the consensus overall that I couldn't see them passing on him. It also wouldn't surprise me at all if they were one of the people in the run or the teams in the run for the 49ers second pick, because it just seems like such a, a Browns thing to do to, you know, and I think I, I mentioned this last time we were on is, is you know, rather than hope everything falls their way, they have so many draft picks that they could just say, okay, uh, we'll take one and two, They'll, you know, and then they'll try and swing something the 49ers way, and then they get both without an issue. So that wouldn't surprise me if all, at all if they were one of the serious players to, uh, to move up and just have the first two picks. I think that'd be an awesome scenario for the Cleveland Browns and their fans. But, you know, what's been surprising about this whole thing is basically the day after the 49ers hear reports that, the Browns are interested in in possibly taking Mitch Trubisky number one. If you're the 49ers, the next day you should be telling everybody who will listen that you want to take Mitch Trubisky with the second pick, right? So I'm I'm kind of surprised we haven't heard that at all. It's just been the same. They like all the quarterbacks. They're working them all out and doing their due diligence in Santa Clara. Well, I mean, it wasn't. I think it it was right after, you know, the Cleveland Browns rumor that you know the. 49ers PR, whoever it was, made sure that the world knew that Kyle Shanahan flew to uh, North Carolina 
to work out, you know, Mitchell Trubisky in person, you know, I think I want to say it was like the day after. So it, it, you know, they haven't been as forthcoming as, as like you said, but you can tell they definitely right after that came out, put out some pretty significant interest, you know, in, in Trubisky. So I don't think they've taken it too, but you know, it's draft time. So they've got to believe they've got to make every quarterback needy team believe that there's a good chance they could take him at two. Do you think there's a chance the 49ers actually do go quarterback at two? I think there's a chance. Sure. I mean, it's, I wouldn't necessarily say it's over 50%. I'd maybe say, you know, 30, 30, 25%, but anybody who says there's no chance is just kind of fooling themselves or they've read that there's no quarterback worth the number two pick so many times that they've just ingrained that into their head. The 49ers obviously need a quarterback. Um, the need is undeniable. They have no franchise quarterback. Brian Hoyer is being paid like a backup. And, you know, so the need is there. It makes a ton of sense. When's the, when's the next time the 49ers are going to have the second overall pick? It could be next year. Uh, it could not be. So, you know, they're in a position to take it. It's just a matter of whether or not they believe any of these prospects are worth that pick. You know, like I said, everybody's kind of convinced themselves that none of them are. But, you know, it's Kyle Shanahan, and he seems to have a very, very specific view of what he wants in a quarterback. And if Mitchell Trubisky or or Deshaun Watson or whoever fits that mold, he seems like the type of guy that has enough confidence in himself to say, no, we're going to take this quarterback or two because I know what I'm going to do with him, and I don't really care what what goes on on the, you know, sports media. So I happen to like Mitch Trubisky, and I think that it's – for a long time through this process, I've been sort of surprised that people were so down on the quarterbacks. And um, and that's sort of been, you know, I think people just have sort of parroted that idea from the fall about the quarterbacks. And I just don't know if teams actually feel that way or not. And we'll see on draft day. And I still might, you know, I haven't really com- completed my full, you know, draft board or, or the guys I think I would like to take there at the top of the draft. And I will be doing a shadow draft again this year. Uh, but Mitch Trubisky is definitely one of those guys at number two. And, and it's not just because of positional value, that that's a big part of it, but it's actually because I really like Mitch Trubisky. I like him more than I liked Wentz at this time last year, who went number two overall. But do you buy the argument of positional value where people say, you know, oh man, you just can't draft a safety at number two. You can't draft a running back at number two. Do, do you buy that argument? Not at all. Not even a little bit. Because the way I, if I were John Lynch and I were sitting in the 49ers uh, war room, the way I would look at it is, okay, no matter who goes all and who goes first, whether it's Miles Garrett, Mitchell Trubisky, whatever. I mean, if Mitchell Trubisky goes first, then it makes John Lynch's pick very easy. But you look at it, the way I look at it is, okay, I literally right now with the second overall pick have my choice of everybody left. And there's only been one guy taken. So I think as long as you're not taking a guy that you think you could get in the second round, I really don't think it matters, you know, whether it's, you know, Derek Barnett, guys that Leonard Fournette, Ruben Foster, um, Mitch Trubisky, you know, all these guys that kind of say that a lot of people say, oh, no, no, those are mid-first-round guys. You can't take them at two. And my, I, I, I'm of the opinion that it doesn't matter. Take the guy that you have the most confidence in that's going to have the longest-lasting impact on your franchise because if that guy turns out to be successful, no one's going to care where you took him. No one's going to care that you took him second overall. No one's going to care. They're just going to know that that player turned out to be a great player. Um, you know, there is some talk, you know, or, or – reason to how much that player ends up being paid because there's a second overall pick, but I still end up falling back on the fact that take the player you have the most confidence in. Don't worry if he's supposed to go 10th or 12th overall, whatever. 
just take the one you have the most confidence confidence in. If they can get a train back and, and take them where it makes a little bit more sense, then okay. But I would I would just go with what your gut is, no matter where the draft stock is, and just take the player that you think is going to have the most value value with that pick. You know who I think has the most value? That is Rob Lauder. You can find him at Rob underscore Louder on Twitter, or you can find his work over at Niners Wire, NinersWire.usatoday.com. You're definitely going to want to bookmark that and read all the fine stuff from, from all the folks over there. Rob, I really appreciate you giving me the time today and talking a little bit of 49ers here on the show. Always a pleasure, my friends. Great stuff from Rob. Always fun to talk to him. And, and be sure you follow him on Twitter, Rob underscore Louder, L-O-W-D-E-R. And go read his articles over at the Niners Wire. Thanks again to Rob for coming on the show. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Be back tomorrow with a little Winky Wednesday. Of course, you can follow me on Twitter at BD Peacock. You can hit me via email, LockedOn49ers at gmail.com. Uh, subscribe, rate, review the show. Go over to LockedOn49ers.com. You can find links to everything and the stream of the show there as well. And we will talk to you Wednesday on Locked On 49ers.